welcome to this week's edition of Winging It with Pain and Rico. Our special guest this week is Mike Kelly. Welcome, Mike. Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome, Mike. Mike, I've known you for quite a few years. Um, I've known you've been involved in football for a lot, a lot of years. A long time. And um, I'd like to get this in because last week we did say that Bobby Perrett was our oldest guest, but I think you being 110, Mike, you might take over from Bobby. But, um, so where should we start, Mike? Oh, yeah, be- <laughs> until you get Bert Brown on you. Oh, yeah, Bertie Brown. Another Bristol legend. Yeah. Yeah. So should we start when you first got into your football, Mike, and when you were growing up? Well, that's, uh, that's a difficult one because when I was a young boy, there was something like the war going on. So there was no football. So I grew up my early years with no football around me. So the football was entirely on the cobblestones of Eugene Street behind the BRI with a tennis ball. And that was it for probably the first 10 years of my life. But the lads who played with that tennis ball in Fippin Street were uh, Ronnie Stevens, who you've probably never heard of. Yeah, Ronnie, yeah, Ronnie on the wing for the Rovers brother of Kenny Stevens, who was yeah. on the wing for the Rovers. Yeah. Yeah. Ronnie was a fantastic player. I actually knew Ronnie. He, he ran Demonstrating Football Club many years ago on a Sunday. He had a problem with referees. Up we all. He was particularly outspoken referees. <laughs> so he went on to play for Bristol Rovers Juniors and scored a lot of goals for them. And then, I mean, to a lot of people, he also played for Trinity Athletic on the Downs in 1961 when they won the championship and scored 68 goals having not played for a long time yeah. and then disappeared again well not be- he signed me on for trinity yeah. and then disappeared so was that your first team no my favorite? first ever team was um stapleton road youth club in 1950 53 when I left school I didn't start playing football until I was 16 because at the age of 11 I passed the 11 plus and went to St Brendan's College which was a rugby school rugby only and you went in on a Saturday morning as well so I had no access to any organised football until I was 16 Did you play rugby yourself Mike? No I played for Bristol Boys I played for St Brendan's I played for Bristol Boys and I played for Bristol Public and Grammar School Yeah uh, but as soon as I left school, I joined Stapleton Road Youth Club, not to play football, but because he had a very attractive red-haired girl <laughs> called Maggie Phillips. And after two weeks, I realised that she had no interest in me. <laughs> so I concentrated on the football side. They had a good side, Stapleton Road Youth Club. They put me in initially at right back. First game I played was on the slopes at Purdown. We won 12-0. I scored two, doing my Harry Bamford from right back. Yeah, fair play. And the following week, they put me into midfield, and I scored three. And the following week, they put me up front, and I stayed there for the duration of the season. And we won the under-18 Church of England title. Did any of your players at that time go on to no, play No, the only other good player there was Pete Monks, who went on to play for Trinity, I think, again for Trinity on the Downs. But none of the others went on and did yeah. anything. But they were a good side at that level, at that time. Uh, and in the meantime, we were still playing with our tennis ball on the cobblestones <laughs> in Eugene Street. And there were a couple of boiler engineers who used to work at the BRI, and they used to come out and watch us play. A chipped enamel teacup and a fag still doing a goal move, having a chat, and they started chatting with us and encouraging us and giving us little tips and bits of advice. And they watched us play from the age of about 10, up to 15, 16, when we were still playing in the street then. And one of them came out and said, we're starting a side, United Bristol Hospitals, and we'd like you to play. He said, we'll pay you threatens appearance money. Yeah. And sixpence a goal, which is a lot of money back in those days. Well, our listeners probably wouldn't know what threatens was. <laughs> Uh, well, I played the first game and scored five goals. Did you? And queued up to get my two in nine pence. <laughs> and he gave me something like one in nine pence and argued with me that the deal was 
sixpence appearance money and threepence a goal. It's funny, like you said about the cobbled streets playing with a tennis ball. I mean, we played street football when yeah. I was growing up, you know. Like, yeah. but it, again, of all for you, at least we had a ball. Yes. So you know I mean, but we, you know, and to be fair, there weren't many cars on our little cul de sac. So yeah. now I think you know we see the young lads that grow up now. You know, generations below us, they've never had that, have they? No. They play, you know, you see the, no. the the training pitches now, and then you know you get a spot of rain now. They don't play. No. But in those days, you just wanted to get out and play football. Yeah, I was saying, the little mob that we had playing, one of them was Ronnie Stevens, the other was myself, who went on to play Premier Combination Football, which was as good as I ever got in Bristol. Uh, Mickey Head, Ronnie Head and Johnny Miller went on to play for Hamburg, who won everything in sight in the 50s in yeah. Bristol. Good leagues then good as well. Team, good, so they turned out some good players. Yeah. What, so, so where you where you played with that team? What leagues were above you? Because I, I we constantly say on here, you know, which team? It's, it's all, all which team are we no, talking the, about? No, the the leagues. Yeah. What well, league? Know. The Hamburg winning then. Uh, Premier combination. Premier combination. Yeah. Premier division. And what leagues were above then, Mike? In that so it was Western League from there. Yeah. Exactly. The Western League. Premier combination was one below Western, Western League. Yeah. I, you know, I just saying, my dad played football and he played like for Bishopsworth but, but they didn't seem to travel they played for the, wherever they grew up they played in that vicinity Did really. he play for Bishopsworth? He played for Bishopsworth? Bishopsworth. When I yeah. signed for Eastville in when I came out of the Royal Navy which would have been 1957 I had a year playing rugby and I signed for Eastville and my first taste of what I thought was the big time was when we drew Bishopsworth in the Gloucester Senior Amateur Cup. <laughs> And we played out at Bishopsworth, and I've always wondered where the pitch was back in those days. Yeah. It looked as though it was on the common. No, it's down from the common, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So they had the. the can you remember uh, Cypress Century used to play up on the. just off the common as well? I remember them. Yeah. That's when I had you in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Because when was. when did you get to Greyfriars, Mike? That's how I first. Oh, met, that's when I first met you. It was a long way. On yeah, I, 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 when I came back out of the uh, Royal Navy for national service, I played for Eastville on and off for quite a few years through the 1960s. Right. Uh, and Greyfriars is a funny story because Greyfriars started in Division Four of the Downs League in the 1960s. Right. And I was asked to play for them. And I thought, no, I'm not playing fourth division downs. I'm playing Premier Combination football. Oh, stop it! Fourth division <laughs> downs, and a few years down the line, Trinity by Devious went went from the Downs League into the Premier Combination. And I thought, look, I'm in my thirties now. I don't want to play Premier Combination football anymore. I'm going to go and accept that offer from Greyfriars. So I went and accept the offer from Greyfriars. You're in Division Four of the Downs League. And I played the one game, and I went back the following week over by the sea walls, peeing down with rain. I thought, what am I doing over here? Got out of the car, and the Irish guy who was running them said, uh, we don't need you this week, Mike. Cool. Thanks a lot. <laughs> he said, but we haven't got a ref. He said, you can ref. <laughs> Thanks again, mate. And he gave me the whistle, and I thought, well, I better continue to play the gentleman, and I'll do it. So I refereed the game. And he scored the winning goal in the 93rd minute of the game. Yeah. But I definitely saw his hand come out. <laughs> and I stood there and thought, what am I going to do here? And I, thought, I blew the whistle and said, handball, disallowed. Blew the whistle for time. They all disappeared, left me. My old Ford Cortina wouldn't start in the rain. <laughs> Not feeling very happy with life. But... Four years later, I, I joined Greyfriars. That would have been in about 1972 when they made their way into the first division and they were about to leave the first division behind them and start dropping down again. And they approached me again and I went along and joined them. So I was with them from 72 until about 82 when I retired. Right. Because I just, like we said, we marched on a bit from your career, but I first met you, I think I was playing for Cyprus Central and, and you marked me, didn't you? And, and, when I say as a long time ago, that's probably 40 odd years ago. It was 1982. 1982, so I was, 40 years. I was 45 then, I was still playing, <laughs> I was playing in the first team. 
and having a really good season. I don't know how, but it, I was having a really strong season. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, 1982. And I've sort of seen you, you know, on the football scene ever since. Well, for years and years you've been involved in lots of other clubs as well, haven't you? Well, I finished eventually with um, Greyfriars and retired and decided to go into management and applied for a job with Imperial. They were, tobacco. Adver- they were advertising that football. They were advertising for a football manager. Oh, Imperial football. Yeah. So I went out to the ground, had my interview. They said, go downstairs, we'll let you know. And I went downstairs and the secretary came down, Johnny Spranting. I don't know if you know Johnny Spranting. Mm, no. He came down, he sat down, he said, I believe you know my missus. <laughs> <laughs> mentioned her name and she was my first ever girlfriend Lame. and he looked at me and said you haven't got the job <laughs> <laughs> we've appointed a lad from Clutton and I went away all disappointed I picked up the paper the next day and Clutton were advertising for a manager so I phoned them up and went out there and was interviewed by the committee given the job on the basis of only one player from Bristol was allowed to come out and play for them the rest had to be local. And I spent two nice happy years with Clutton. Were you where, was Harry Morrisland there? Well, great player. He was my teacher oh. at school. Yeah. <laughs> he was a He was a lovely player, player, Harry, yeah. Good footballer as well. Yeah, yeah. Very good. I rate him up among the top six that I've ever managed. Yeah? Very good. Yeah, I can remember, obviously, he was our school teacher. And funny enough, he phoned me a few years ago by presenting some medals, but I was a dude, but it's a shame, really. But... Yeah, he's a, a nice bloke, but yeah. I've always associated him with him for years. So again, 40 years ago when... Well, I, you were very lucky, you had a very narrow escape, because yeah. when I packed up at Grey Forest and took on the Clutton job, the first player, I was allowed one player from Bristol, and I thought, I'm going to have that Dave Payne away, Mark, so <laughs> and I came out looking for you, I spent a night looking <laughs> for you, and eventually I tracked you down, and somebody said, well, he's always signed for Robs. Uh. Yeah, Robs, yeah. And I thought, well, Robs versus Clutton is a non-contest, mm. so I won't ask him. Maybe I'll ask him in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when, when did you start playing for Robs? Oh, 40-odd years ago, 42 years ago. I was probably, like I said, 18, yeah. 19. So good I say, size, just, yeah. Very good size, yeah. They got better when I left, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> they won the league back five times on the yeah. drop when I went to Bath. But, what yeah, good you, times. What year did you go to Bath, Dave? I think it was 82. 82. Something about that, yeah. Um, so, Clutton, two years there. Two, two years there. Years. My business then took me to Nelsey. Okay. And I, I started lusting after Backwell. Right. Because I was in Nelsey and Backwell had a good side and Johnny Southern was managing Backwell. And in about 1982, two-ish time as I finished with Clutton Billy Coggins phoned me up and said look we like the look of what you did out at Clutton he said I understand you're now working in Nelsey do you fancy doing our reserves so we but we had um, Rob Gregory on from Nelsey yeah yeah you know Rob yeah yeah yeah, yeah. one of our previous yeah. guests yeah but Backwell were very successful that time right weren't they Backwell the were going very very well uh, the reserves we're in Division 3 of the Somerset Senior, I think, or Division 2, Division 2 of the Somerset Senior, and they were struggling for numbers. When I mean, Johnny Southern had put together a tremendous first team. Mm. Who's in that team then, Johnny Southern's team? Oh, the Buxtons, yeah. Dave Anderson, Bobby, Bobby Sullivan Brendel. Bobby Sullivan in Oh, dad's, dad's here, Bob Sullivan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Terry Buxton, Wayne Buxton, Johnny Q, Keith Honeyfield, Stevie Jenks, Stevie Jenkins, great player, Kim Metcalf, Kim Metcalf, good side, the Sullivan brothers, they were they, all yeah. of them. They were on they South were side, a good side. Yeah. Johnny Fisher, Johnny yeah. Fisher, yeah. yeah. So I did the reserves for a couple of seasons, then managed to get promotion in the second season out of Division Two, up into one. And round about that time, Johnny went into some confrontation with the committee. I still don't to this day know what it was all about. And left the club. And John Wormsey, who was chairman at that time, said to me, you've done a good job with the reserves. Do you fancy taking over the first team? And that was 
the hardest job I've ever done. Was that the Western League, Mike, then? That was, no, we weren't in Western League then, no. we still Somerset Senior. Uh, I took over, and I took over with Aidy Britton, who yeah. in time went on up to Bath, yeah. and did a bit up there. Uh, Aidy was my assistant, we took over the first team, and I heard an interview with Bill Shankly, you know him, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Bill Shankly, and he'd, he'd said that when you look at a player and you decide that he's got one good season left in him, you replace him. Then, you don't wait for the good season, you replace them then. And that struck a chord with me, and I took over the first team at Backwell, and I looked at the team, and I had pretty well a full team who I felt that about. Right. But they were lovely guys, wonderful guys. They weren't to play against. I, I, no, <laughs> but they were nice guys. Yeah, off nice the pitch. Blokes. Off the pitch, they yeah. were lovely blokes. And I had a chat with Aidy, and I said, I think we ought to try to recruit more locally because we had a, a reputation at Backwell as being a towny club. The locals didn't like us because we were full of Bristol players. Well, I think John bought Other, a lot of players from that uh, yeah, really would, or at Cliff yeah, Witchers, and yeah, they all went down there. Yeah. Other players wouldn't join you because it has a reputation of being a towny club, so they're good local players we couldn't get down there. So we made a conscious decision that we would rehash the first team as quickly as we could. And we went out and started looking at local players, and we signed Steve Spaulding, Simon Horwood, Nigel Orbin, who played with Bobby, yeah, Bridgewater. Good, good players. Good players. Uh, Ian Pope, who'd managed Barnstable during their, uh, Captain Barnstable during their glory days. In I the, played, played with Ian at, at Clandine. Yeah. Good player. Good player. I got Ian playing the sign for me. Mm. Uh, Sean Carpenter, who'd been at it. Yeah, Carps, well, yeah. Seen him recently, Sean. And, and a couple of local Nelsey lads, Andy Pinkney and yeah. Ian Curl and yeah, Mickey Goff. We managed to get together. Plus Ian Bowditch, who was a superb player who played in Diddy's, and, and Steve Lester, who ranks very high about the great players that I've managed. We had Steve Lester. Of course, Steve must have played about 500 games for Cleve after, yeah. didn't he? Well, Stevie, Stevie, we signed Stevie, and he was on the line for Long Ashton. Graham Muxworthy was managing him, we had yeah. him on the line, and I signed him, put him out, and I couldn't believe how good he was. Like one minute you were looking, he was having the ball off the goalkeeper, the next he was scoring up at the other end, and he was everywhere, and shot in both feet. And we had him, and we were playing. I think it was Westbury, and and Murphy, who managed Trowbridge, was on the line watching a Westbury player, and Steve Lester scored four goals in the first twelve minutes. Same we don't, we don't, we don't recognise him as a goal scorer. No, I don't recognise. I just made a midfielder in the first twelve minutes, and I sat back and waited for the seven-day letter to come in from Murph, and it came, and he was gone. So we only had him for about ten games. Yeah. And every time we got hold of a player like Lester, mm. that is a trouble, isn't it? When you get them like that, especially in the Somerset League. But we still managed to put a good side together, and and the following season we won the Somerset Senior Cup, which was something that John never succeeded in doing. Right. And, and we finished second in the league. But promotion was denied because we didn't have the floodlights. And I was sort of emotionally drained at the end of it. As a manager, at the end of every season, I've always felt emotionally drained. I never want to do it again. You put a lot in there, my day. And you've got to make a lot of really horrible decisions when you're a manager. You're, you're, you're dealing with. We know we, we've all been involved in it, but that's the difference. It takes a new life, doesn't it? Yeah, we, we said this before, it takes a new life. Like with a player, you get there, you look forward to your Saturdays, yeah. you train it, but as a manager, it's constantly on your mind. Yeah. You know, and like you yeah. say, they think that, you know, you, you leave someone out and, you know, you feel yeah. you burgled their house and, yeah. you know, killed their yeah. kids. It's, you know, it's, we were denied promotion and I thought, I can't go through all that again. Uh, and the phone suddenly rang and it was the chairman at Welton 
who said, we like what you've done at Bath Royal, we like it well. And I thought, oh, I had a word with AD, and AD said, let's go for it. And I said, well, let's go out and meet them first of all. And we went out, and I said, can I meet your first team players? And he said, we only got one. Oh. That was a, was a year before that, Peter de Sisto had been manager at Welton, right. who had Alan Bolly, the pro. Yeah, and yeah. Who did we have in town who was out there at that time? Someone mentioned it, didn't they? Steve Coles. Was it Steve Coles? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought, ah, that means I'm going to bring, I'm going to have to bring a lot of Backwell boys over to put a side together, which mm. I didn't really want to do. No. But, uh, how did that go down with the Batwell committee? Not very well, I bet. No, not very well. <laughs> you took the job then, mate. We took the job, yeah. I, I, I did actually phone him back and say no after I said yes. And then put the phone down and thought, no, you, you ought to be doing it. You ought to be doing it. And I put the phone back up and said, I've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we went out and, and we did it. And we finished up taking about nine Backwell players. Cool, they was popular. Like a statue uh, come down yeah, from Backwell, didn't it? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've got any. But I think that's the way it goes, isn't it? You you go at a club, you get to you you, you know your players, and when yeah. you go to another club, that's the way it, it happens. I mean, I think it's Potter's getting a bit of stick now. I keep going to Brighton, I think. Yeah. You know, but that's what managers do. They comfortably they know how they work, and I think you know even at our levels of football, it's and the players same. feel the same. Yeah, you know, they're comfortable working yeah. under a particular it's manager. It's a trust thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's a trusting. Yeah. Anyway, we finished about halfway up in the league. I think they were quite. They were delighted. Yeah. Um, well, to go from a, not at one player to yeah. finishing halfway up the and, league and, and no wins the previous season. They'd only stayed up because Backwell couldn't go up for uh, another. Of course, it's well, so another nail in their coffin. Then Backwell, yeah, wasn't it? We yeah. couldn't go up because of Welton. Now you've got the manager. And I said to AD, we go out there. I said, well, I'm, 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 I've got one more season in me, aid. I said, and then I can step aside and you can take over and I'll retire. And we got to the end of the season, I went and saw the chairman, and he said, well done. And I said, well, I, I'm gonna pack up now. I said, Nade is ready to step, step in. in. And he said, um, just a word, Mike. He said, the, uh, the committee appoint managers here, not the manager. Mm -hmm. And I stopped and thought about it and thought, there's something in what he's saying, really, when you stop and think about it. And he said, we want you to stay on. He said, we, we don't want AD, we want you to stay on. He said, and if you go, you go and AD goes with you. Pressure on then. Yeah, so I had a word with AD and he said, well, if I'm not going to be a manager, I'm going back to Backwell. Right. And he said, fine, you go back to Backwell. I'll try and now do a reverse job and make Welton more local. And I started signing on a few important players. Johnny Morgan, Tim Forward, good players, but they were all at this level of one more good season. Yeah. You know? But I then disobeyed the principle and signed them on. <laughs> well, back then the rivalry between Porton and Welton oh, was hostile. Hostile, yeah. yeah. And, and Welton were delighted that I signed these like four or five. Duncan Fear was another one. Yeah, pulled them all over. That's it, bad. Good lad. They were they were delighted, but then the remainder of the Backwell boys said, "Oh, bugger this! We're going back to Backwell," and away they went. Mm. And we suddenly had a local side, and we were played five, lost five. <laughs> Mangotsfield put eight past us. Cleveland put five past us. That's disheartening then, isn't it? Uh, Especially the beginning of the season. We went down to Watery St Mary, lost down there. And I walked off and said to the secretary, I've lost it. Yeah? I said, I've lost the dressing room. It's quite a honest and assessment, going. mate. But you lost the dressing room or, or were the players not good enough because, and, and that, <sighs> not meant in the wrong way, but because you brought in so many locals? I, the Watery St Mary was a, a, a typical game we went down there they were bottom of the league they had a man sent off after 10 minutes at half time we were nil nil so I called the troops in and said look you've got to start you know I, I gave it the Fergie, Fergie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they went out before I got back to the dugout my goalkeeper Bob Jelly do you remember Bob, Bob Jelly Bob? yeah big Bob he's about yeah. six foot seven yeah and Bob he caught an indirect free kick 
and wandered back over his own goal line with it, with the ball held up over his head. And we were one nil down. And, and, and I looked up and we attacked in Martin Wilmot, who was my sweeper. And Martin as well, yeah. centre forward and I said, well, what the... <laughs> he said, we're losing. I said, I decide when we yeah. go and where we go. And we walked in after the game. We lost 2-0 eventually. We walked in. Brian Curtis kicked the door in of the dressing rooms. Timmy Forward had him up against the wall. What a bad player, Brian Curtis. Oh, lovely player, Brian. I took him everywhere I could. I took him to Backwell. Right. Got him. He didn't want to sign for Welton. He did not want to sign for Welton, but I persuaded him in the end, and he went there. But he was, and I walked out. I thought I've had it. And that was the end of your time there, was yeah, it? Yeah, I've had it. I've lost the dressing room. I had lost the dressing room. Yeah. Enough of them. They were split. Yeah. Who was your assistant, mate? After Aidy. Didn't have one. I just don't know where you're in. It's yeah. hard work, mate, doing that. No, as Jeff well. walked down and said to the secretary, I've had it. I said, I've lost mm. the dressing room. Jeff, best thing you can do is get another manager in. Got plenty of the rest of the season left. Yeah. And he said, well, we'll get Stoner back. Yeah. Which he said, will you stay on for one game to see Dave Stoner to see him through the game? I said, yeah, I will. And did that. Stoner took over. They got relegated. Well, they did, did they? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he had tremendous success first time round, didn't he? At Welton. Yes. You know, that was that was Steve Coles and Eric Jordan. Yeah, big, yeah. big old club. Yeah. Yeah. I always think they're a big old sleeping giant of the Western League. Uh, I, always I drove out there once when I was about 30. I was out there on business one day and I drove in the car park and I sat there in the car and looked in and I thought, when I finish playing, I'm going to manage out here. Yeah. <laughs> and you did. And you did. And I did. And I don't regret it. It mm. was. They, they asked me to be director when I resigned. Did they? Yeah, they said, we want you to be a director. I said, no, no, I'm, I'm out, I'm gone. I've had it. And that was the end of me and football. That was the last club you were with, was it? No. No. Oh, so when the that end? was the end of me. And I went home and about three months later, I had a phone call from Glenn Thomas. The goalie? Glenn, Glenn, Glenn the goalie. goalie. Yeah. The goalie. Glenn. Yeah. Good goalie. West Good Glenn. lovely bloke again as well. Nice lovely bloke, Glenn. He said, um... I'm up at Forest Green. He said, uh, Timmy Harris has left us halfway through the season. And they've asked me to manage the club through, because he said there's still a chance that we could get relegated. He said, but they've asked me to manage the club until the end of the season. He said, I don't know a thing about management. He said, I know what you've done. He said, I appreciate what you've done. Will you come up and help? Like, Did he play for you, Mike? Yeah, he was. He was yeah. He was basically player manager for half the season. Yeah, no, when he played, no, when, when did he play for you when before? When he played, did he play with you before, or did he? Did no, he... I knew him through insurance. Ah, the right. business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. of course, I played for the insurance league representative side. Yeah, and he okay. knew me through insurance. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I went up in the first game. Glenn said, "I'll do the team talk." I said, "Okay." So I just sat in the corner, and he rattled away. Gave all the standard stuff. <laughs> Come on, smash them! Yeah. <laughs> first tackle, first corner. Three nil down at after. <laughs> it worked then. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what to do, Mike. He said, "Can you take over?" I said, yes, I did for the rest of the season. Yeah. And um, got to the end of the season, we stayed up comfortably. Well, maybe if not comfortably, fairly comfortably, <laughs> we stayed up. We were never in any real danger of having to win a game to stay out of the bottom three. And we were on the way home on the coach from Barry, and Trevor Horsley, the chairman, said... Yeah, he's got uh, a few mentions, hasn't he? Yeah, lovely bloke. Yeah, everyone says that as well, Mike. Absolutely. Yeah. Lovely bloke. He said, Mike, well, he said, we're really pleased with what you've done for us this season. He said, and the lads all seem quite happy with him. He said, do you fancy throwing your hat in the ring for the manager's job? And I said, lovely. I said, oh, I mean, have a think about it, because I had business going big guns at Nelsie at that time. I was well into my 50s now, approaching 60, if not already on 60. And I said, give me a couple of weeks to think about it, Trev. And I thought about it and thought I'd go for it. And I phoned him up and he said, we appointed somebody last night. And he said, we didn't hear back from you. So we've oh. appointed some local bloke. Cool. He said, but keep in touch. And so I didn't keep in touch, but when they were played eight, lost eight. 
I had a phone call. Then he said, we're back. Did they appoint then? Can you remember? What? Before? Or a screen? No, no. After? Well, I, I went up and met the committee up there. And he said, we'd like you to do it. He said, but there's a budget of 200 quid. Yeah. He said, which will cover players, substitutes, trainers, assistant yeah. manager, and yourself. And what year is this? This was 19... Roughly. About 1985, 86, mm. I suppose. Mm. And, uh, Still a lot of money then, is it? No, it wasn't very much. I mean, I had almost that sort of money at Welton. Yeah. yeah. 20 quid a player. And uh, I, I said, well, I'll be quite honest, I said, I can't get a side. Any side that I bring up are going to come from Bristol. Yeah. I said, I can't get a side from Bristol for that sort of money, so I will have to withdraw my application, sadly. And yeah. jump back in the car and drove home. Uh, next thing I knew, they'd appointed, was it Frank Regan? Probably was. That's the first thing. And they signed Tony Daly from Aston Villa. Yeah, it was Frank. <laughs> so who, who was I the, don't know what's happened to the 200 quid a week. Yeah, who, who was the manager then, Mike, that you took over from? The, who lasted eight games? They lost eight, whoever. Can you remember I don't him? Know. He was no? a local boy from one of the North Gloucester senior ah, right. leagues who yeah. convinced the committee that his players could play. At yeah. that level, and he bought eight players over. That was probably the late eighties, I imagine. Yeah, late eighties. One of our listeners, John Pickup, he he pick up on that, and yeah. he, <laughs> he, he will fire he will fire that. Is he a foreign yeah. uh, No, he's just a local local lad who's followed all the local clubs up in Gloucester. Yeah, um, he I know he listens in. So yeah, yeah, he he come back with a name for us. So what, we're going back over your time, and I'm just looking back fondly at all this stuff. Sorry. Um, who, what sort of, you know, time of your career, Mike? Would you say was the most enjoyable time? Is it back in your playing days, or is it um, managing at a decent level? I, I, I can't say that I really felt enjoyment managing. No. Uh, I, I, I got a buzz out of it. Yeah. I loved it. I love football and I love players. And I think I've always been good at, at seeing a, a player who can do. Yeah. A job for you in a certain position. Yeah. Mm. I, mean, I did a bit of scouting for AD mine when he went to Bath. Yeah. Uh, with John Relish. He sent me out to find a centre forward and I found one who they didn't fancy at first, but they signed him eventually and he was very instrumental for him. Darren Edwards. Yeah. yeah. I had to really push to get him to sign Darren, but they, they, they signed him and he did a great job for them. Yeah. I recommended two players from my scouting. One was Darren Edwards, and the other was, was it Daveridge? Craig Daveridge? Daveridge on the wing. Who I recommended as an impact signing, yeah. impact substitute, yeah. which he certainly was, very lot of pace. Mm. So, did you, was that it Is in terms of management? Forest Green? Well, it was always going to be it, but. Uh, Few years after that, I had a phone call from Greyfriars. He said we we need a manager. We always thought you were going to be our manager. Will you come back and be our manager? Because we've been stuck in the senior district for years and we want to get out. And I said, okay, I'll come in and do a season. And I did a season, and we got promotion from the senior district up into the prem. And I stayed on. They said, stay on. I said, yeah, 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 stay on. <laughs> this lasted about eight weeks, I suppose, and we had a evening post match of the day. Yeah, the, Star Man. Star Man. Yeah. I sat them all down and I said, look, Star Man wins the football unless you get booked. I said, so oh, no unnecessary bookings. <laughs> yeah. And we went out in the centre half was booked after three minutes oh. for no for nothing at all and uh, the reporter was there with the chairman Vernon Windell was there the chairman of the league right and the reporter was talking he was saying I am a man of the moment but I can't work mobile phones <laughs> the reporter was chatting to Vernon Windell and he said 
oh, he said, so-and-so's having a good game, and so-and-so's having a good game. And I thought, well, what game's he bloody watching? Yeah. And I looked, and I saw that the players, for a laugh, had deliberately swapped shirts. Right. They're going to roll work. For the team <laughs> all the wrong names. Because usually what Alan Brett used to do then, didn't he? The uh, games, yeah. or Dave. Which upset me yeah. a bit, and I packed it in, and that was yeah. it. Right. Yeah. You finished. So what's that in the in the nineties? Yeah. Yeah. And how old were you then? Well, I'm eighty five now, so I was. Uh... Well, Bobby P might might just pip him by a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Mike. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby P didn't mention the time when I went to watch a game at Brislington, right. and I parked my car up, and <laughs> it absolutely emptied down with rain. And I went back into the car park to get my car out. I was bogged down, so I went in the dressing in the clubhouse and snapped my fingers. And Bobby P and Phil Brake and one other came down and started pushing, and I was revving, and they were getting covered in. <laughs> and I drove off into the night, leaving the three of them <laughs> completely covered in. Mud. It's a bit of a theme here, but you found a few cars that have started, <laughs> <don't you? laughs> Should get them insured. Yeah. <laughs> Were you surprised at how, how well Aidy did? No, not at all. No, not at all. He, he was a student of the game. I played a few games for him down at Backwell, and he was. was a student of the game. And mm. um, yeah, he had great success. Um, yeah, he was a good lad. And the other thing is, Mike, you're like your Bristol Rovers as well, don't you? I am a Bristol Rovers man. I saw my first game in 1945 yeah. when my father returned from the war. I took me out to Eastville, 1 1, Crystal Palace. Red Perry scored for Crystal Palace. Is it a rebound off the post? <laughs> Memory, isn't it? He's out there with Moggy. Moggy, yeah. <laughs> oh, Moggy. Moggy's another one, you see, because one of my early heroes was one of the Moggy family. What, Raymond? It was probably Ray. It was Ray the head of the Moggy family. And Ray was his dad, dad wasn't it? Yeah, because uh, Ray, Ray went to St Mary's on the Key School, as I did. But he was a few years ahead of me. Right. I was up in the infants at the top of the hill, and he was down in the big boys. And I used to look over the wall and watch the big boys playing football in the playground. And Moggy was my hero. But I watched Moggy, he had a pair of Wellington boots on, <laughs> and he always stood away from the crowd. <laughs> there were all these kids kicking away at football, oh. and Moggy about five or six <laughs> yards away, and the ball would come out, and he'd do something with it. And he became my hero. And when I went down to the big boys' school, yeah. the big thing was I played football with Moggy in the playground, and he always used to take a bit of time with the little kid who just joined the school. Yeah. He had and a he lot of brothers, to, didn't he? Yeah, Moggy. He always used to roll the ball over eventually and say, knocky in, Kel. And I'd <laughs> tap it like a foot and score. But he looked after me well. But that, it might have been Ray, because, but yeah. I do know he had a big was, family of brothers and Moggy's Ray. Because yeah. my, 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 I'd love to have met him when he grew up. And when I went to St Pancras to replace Ray Snoop and realised after about nine games that I wasn't enjoying it. Tell us a little story about that, Mike, about Ray. Ray? So, yeah, because you... you... Well, I left um, the club I'd been with on and off since I started playing senior football, East for yeah. Old Boys. Yeah. Uh, we won promotion in the Premier Combination and then... Promptly the following year, we got relegated, having reached the quarterfinals of the GFA Senior Amateur Cup, and being fourth in the league when the big freeze came in 1963. We finished up somehow getting relegated, and I was quite beat off with it all. And I'd been chased by St Pancras, a few of whose players played in the Insurance League side with me. So I, I, I said goodbye to Eastwood and went out to St Pancras. And they, when he got out there, they introduced me to Ray Snook and said, this is a bloke you're replacing. And he came out training with us, and I quickly realised how good he was. Because Ray Snook played for Bath City and scored lots oh, of goals. Absolute quality, even that, you know, he's probably in his 40s then, I suppose. And this, this, this he played for Bath back in the 50s? Yeah. And, and we played about six games for St Pancras. I got a complete mental block about St Pancras. I was convinced that I hadn't scored a goal playing for St Pancras, so I just dried up and didn't score a goal and, and left. So 
But when I checked back in all the old greenings, I found at least three goals I scored for St. Pancras. One of them against Bristol St. George, you were like the high flyers, Grimshaw and all his yeah. Yeah. mob. Tiger. I scored yeah. I scored a goal against them that season, three goals. And and then I remembered the following week we played Sangwell. And I'd always done really well against Sangwell, always scored goals against Sangwell, although they were a very good side. And that particular day, I drew a blank. And for some obscure reason, I spent most of my time out on the left wing. I'm standing forward, but I spent most of my time running the channels down the left wing and coming up against Ray Bean. I don't know if you've ever heard of Ray Bean. No, no. He's a winner of the Harry Bamford Trophy. He was a Gloucester County player, played for Rebels Juniors, didn't make it and went to, to Sangwell. And he was a, a tough lad. I must have beaten him about 20 times that day, but I never ever went past him. And sorry, Dave. You're still in the insurance game because that food. Yeah, <laughs> that's the beeps of Mike. No, it's you know I think this is um, either Noah's phone or Moses. All right, yeah. But um, and uh, oh, I've done it. It's <laughs> a little interlude <laughs> here where Mike sorts his phone and it keeps being in. I think that's all. And uh, I, I must have beaten him about 30 times, but I never once went past him. And the following Wednesday, I got three kicks, but no goals. On the Wednesday, I went to my doctor's. It was Dr. Cousins, he was the Rovers' official doctor. Oh, yeah. But he was also my doctor. And I showed him my shins, because I never wore shin pads, you see, ever. Uh, he had a look and he said, how the hell do you do that? And I said, playing football. And he said, tell me, are you paid to play football? <laughs> and I said, no. He said, in which case, I suggest you pack it up <laughs> before you lose a leg. Is that right? Yeah. My legs were just black and blue, right up to the knees on both of them. Huh. Uh, so I, I, I left St Pancras and that was why I left St Pancras. I scored these goals and then I had a, a six months block in my career before oh. Ronnie Stevens signed me on for Trinity. Yeah. Now. But Grace Newt was class. Mm. And that's a good record, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, did he score 100 and... He scored 83 goals in 176 games. And then he left Bath and obviously played at the local football for St Pancras. And then you were brought in to replace him. Uh, yeah, and I, I left after about six or seven games, I suppose. Yeah. But then when I looked in the Greenlands, there was a team photo of St Pancras after I'd left. Yeah. And Ray Snoop was sat in the middle of the front row. And behind him was Ray Mogg. Oh, right. He'd come along and joined. And I'd already left the club. Yeah. I'd love to have told Moggy about <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to have told Moggy about how I used to idolise him over the wall. Yeah. Well, obviously, Dave Mogg listens to our podcast yes. and he's been on here, so that'd be nice for him to do, and his brother Chaz. Yeah. Yeah, I think a few of them have heard that probably off of Facebook because I've yeah, told I mean, the story on Facebook. I mean, yeah. Talking about um, stories, Mike, you did write a little book, didn't you? About a just a boy, boy from, from Bristol. Bristol. And available from Amazon. <laughs> it's coming out at Christmas. Yeah, it's promoted. I've sold as many as I've got. Surprised you haven't bought them in here, Mike. It's signed copy for us. No, I've sold quite a few, actually. That's yeah. as bad as Nicky Tanner. Yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Put it in the goldfish bowl. <laughs> We're just showing it. This is live. <laughs> So your book, Mike, it, yeah. it documents your early life as a young boy in Bristol. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. During the war. During the war. So it covers the war, our little gangs, the things we got up to during the war. And Did you keep a diary at the time or document things. it? Not really, but it, Just it, was your stuff, memories. it was stuff that you didn't forget, Dave. Yeah. I mean, if, if you were sat here now in 103 bombers room, yeah. going over the top, dropping bombs on us, we, you yeah. remember it. Mm. Believe me, if you remember it. And you obviously weren't evacuated? No. No, my dad was away in the Navy. I didn't know him because he'd gone before I was old enough to know him. How many siblings you got, Mike? What are you? One sister. She she didn't make it much longer. She was gone about 20 years ago, I suppose. 
two, just the two of us and my mother and you know what we got up to and what what my mother got up to and <laughs> the things they had to do though to make yes to keep a roof over your head so I suppose yeah. then wasn't it not very nice times no I mean like, so like my parents are similar age to you and I've heard the sort of stories you know they yeah. grew up where they grew up South Bristol you yeah. know but you know but it must resonate with a lot of people yeah. at that age you know this like you said playing in the streets for boys with a tennis ball and then your life turned upside down when a strange bloke came walking in the house and said I'm your yeah. father yeah I mean that must have been strange so what, you were six and he was a rover supporter well, he took you to watch well, the first game I was uh, eight when he came home so who was your rover's idol back back then? Vic Lambden. Oh. Vic Lambden. I was always a Vic Lambden man as opposed to a Jeff Bradford man because Vic was a little bit older than Jeff and Vic played in the very poor side that they had immediately after the war. Right. And then when Jeff came in, it was turning into a good side. I still think that uh, a reasonable amount of Jeff's success was down to, to Vic who... Uh, just tirelessly and bravely ran the channels. Yeah. You know what it's like. Don't you? Yeah. you got one centre forward running the channels, taking all the knocks and getting the flick ons, and you've got a, yep. a sure lethal did. finisher inside. You must have seen our old uh, manager a few times then, Bobby James and Harold German and people like that. More of them. Yeah. Seen them all through the years. Alfie, Alfie Biggs. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Reese, he was another favourite of mine, Bill. So who would you, who would you say your favourite was, Vic? Vic Lambden was my favourite. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the old name, like, obviously the names of all the, the oh, you know, Germans and people like that. Yeah. We had Jackie Pitt as well at that, didn't yeah. we? He, he was a good player, man. he was a good player, Jackie. Yeah. Cultured, but could look after himself. Yeah, and he's a yeah. tiny man, really, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I always remember him and Ernie Peacock doing each other and then walking off with their arms around each other, both sent off. <laughs> Walked off with their arms around each other's shoulders, laughing. Yeah. That's yeah. how it was back then, though, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But you've seen some changes. Well, I mean, we've all seen changes, but you've seen some massive changes in football, haven't you? Yeah, the football really wasn't that good back then. I don't like saying that, but it really wasn't very good. The goalkeeping wasn't very good. The same way as you look at, I look at the women's football now. Yeah. And you can see Go it improving. <laughs> and you can see it improving yeah. enormously. Yeah. To the extent it is watchable. I watched them last night in preference to other programmes. I watched it. Okay. I watched the game against Norway. But the certain elements, the heading. Uh, it's not as good as the man. thing is though Mike back in the day who wanted an edible really it still did didn't it that yeah. weighed a ton yeah. I, mean, I, I, was, like, I was never very good in the air the thing is Mike I can, night tone yeah <laughs> I mean I can remember it as a kid when I said it before on a podcast I think that we had the old leather balls as kids yeah when it rained we had a job to kick them yeah not only get them in the air and yeah. head it yeah. so when you look back at the old games and you see these games played and they're heading it you can understand why yeah this dementia, whatever has come in over the years, and yeah. you you can see it. I mean, I think it wouldn't be as a different bad now. Game. Different yeah. game now with that. And the pitches, oh my! The, the pitches you see everything. You see the old, uh, the old, um, you know, footage they got now on the pitches, aren't you? Yeah. Even up to the seventies, early eighties, yeah. it was you know ploughed fields a lot of it, wasn't yeah. it? And you you know you couldn't possibly play the same sort of football what they did now then. No. So you know, I mean, people try to compare it, you know, people like George Best. I still probably think he would have been is he a great your, player now, as he was back then. Is he your hero of all time? We're probably one of my heroes, yeah, George. But just little and good, wasn't he? And he used to get, like you said, you've got kicked. He was kicked. Every game he went out, he must have been a marked man when he played. And he still dribbled round them. But he quite enjoyed being kicked. Was he too dribbling like that? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was a little bit like that. I enjoyed being kicked because I was winning. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a rather stupid attitude. <laughs> but it after, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't walk the next day. Mm. I suppose we had to get up and go to work after, didn't we? We never had time to put ice and lay in the bath all no. day. So. But how professional was it in Bath then? Yeah, it was. Um... Other than the fact that you were earning money, I mean, how professional was the training and the. It was, it was twice a week. We placed twice a week and a lot of time we travelled a lot didn't we really yeah. I mean back in the conference mm. days when we were there I mean mm. you know a, a local game was brimming them wasn't it so yeah. you had to get there on a Saturday morning for away trips yeah I would say it was quite professional wasn't it when you started well it was you had people paying money to watch you so you couldn't you were letting people yourself down letting people yeah. down so you did have to 
you know, the days of going out on a Friday yeah. night ended when you started playing that sort of football. That's um, the great thing about football, it gives you great memories, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's part of the reason. Whatever, whatever level you've played yeah. at, oh, definitely. you get good memories. Yeah. And there's, there is a camaraderie, you know, yeah. you know with, with the people you've played with and people you, you, you haven't played with, um, you know, like you and I, mm. you know, mm. we really have never sat down and had a conversation, no. you know. Um, I know of you, you know of me, but you know. You wouldn't have signed for me though, Tony, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Although he was a local lad. I, I want your type of player, I don't think, because you like the old ball playing. Well, no, I like a little bit of um, <laughs> in with it as well, <laughs> yeah. but not too many. Yeah. yeah. It's having that mix, isn't it? Yeah. It's having that mix, and uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, managing and coaching is, is difficult. I was talking to Steve Wintz earlier about AD, and we said that like AD. As a player, it was the the least physical player <laughs> either yeah. has ever seen out on the football field. Yeah. But when he went into management, he became like an animal. Yeah, he was roaring on for more blood all the time. Yeah, it's funny. What Very active in the in the dugout. Yeah. What um, were you like in the dugout, Mike? Were you calm? Smoking. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> non-stop. So was number ten your favourite player, or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so looking back over it, then Mike, we always ask this, don't we? Tim? Yeah. So, who would be your? Would say, is say playing. Who's your favourite player? You played alongside. Ooh, it would be either Ronnie Stevens. Yeah. Or a lad who played for Eastville Old Boys by the name of Pete Bennett, who no one will know, but he yeah. was a really cultured footballer. Not tremendous in the tackle, but a cultured footballer. And if I made a run, I didn't have to look. I knew the ball would arrive over my right yeah. shoulder yeah. at the right time yeah. whenever I made a run. So toughest opponent, was it the lad who kicked you black and blue? <laughs> it's Samwell. <laughs> there are quite a few of those around. But but you ever... he, would, he would rate quite highly. Yeah, what was his name? Can you remember his name? Ray Bean. Ray, oh, Ray Bean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you couldn't forget that, could you? <laughs> I think Ray he's Bean. on the GFA committee, or he was yeah. on the GFA committee. What disciplinary. <laughs> <laughs> so how about managing side of it, Mike? Best player you managed? Steve Lester. Steve Lester, yeah, fair, fair play. And he's not that long retired, really, no, is he? Steve, he was going at a... He's playing cricket now, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a good good standard for a long time, Steve. So, was there any managers you come up against and you thought, oh, not them today? You didn't get on with, because we've had a few people who have managed to come in here. almost went into violence with yeah. one manager, and that was the bloke at Yeovil. Brian Hall. Brian Hall. <laughs> Tony played for him. <laughs> yeah. We were, it was in our in our what should have been our promotion season when we finished runners up in the Western League. Yeah. And this is it backward? This is it backward, yeah. yes. And Brislington had played Yeovil and beat them seven or eight one, I think, on Yeovil beat Saturday. Bris. Yeah. No. Brisbane Yeovil. Brisbane Yeovil. What, 7 1? Yeah. And a team full of youngsters and reserves. Oh, yeah, this right. is Yeovil Reserves, when we're talking. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. And uh, we had them the following week and we went down there and the whole first team were out. The referee called us in before the game, passed the team sheets over. And he said, I, I said, the fucking first team. Oh, sorry. sorry. All right. So first team, and he said, uh, well, he said, he's back from injury. He said he hadn't had a game for a few weeks. And I said, look, I said, we're fighting here for the championship. Yeah, it's not here. I said, Brazil just two points behind us. They put seven past the junior team. We come down and we're playing the first team. And I was almost there and the referee pulled me back. And, <laughs> and we went around the referee said, we're going to be okay, Mike. Yeah. And we went out there and we had a dodgy penalty 10 minutes from the <laughs> <laughs> So you won? Which gave us the 2-1 victory, yeah. Oh, lovely. <laughs> right. Brian, Brian could wind players that night. God rest his soul, he, he's gone now. But, you know, Brian had, had a way of just... that. I'm going to say that policeman mentality. Cause he was, yeah, yeah. He was a, he's a big lad, wasn't he? Yeah. 
um, and he just had a way of rubbing people up not not by being aggressive but he just did but he knew his stuff yeah but I, um, I recommended Steve Lester to him it's quite early in Steve's right. career and I phoned him up and I spoke to him and he said uh, how tall is he <laughs> and I said uh, five six five, not interested is that right yeah it was, it was Route One football. You know, yeah. You know, we well they called us brothers. You know, yeah. Pacing That's beyond. Right, yeah. Yeah. How successful was it? Um, Got up a few leagues. He was, yeah, he was obviously he was in charge of the Wilson stuff, Wilson side. It done the double trophy and and, yeah. and, and league. Um, come the Oval, yeah, he had success. Yeah. yeah. Good coach. Good coach knew what he wanted, knew what his players. Every player knew what they were doing. Yeah. They were with him without the ball. Um, you know, and you said about Bath earlier. You know, we have managers, Bobby Jones, and that we didn't get coached, did we? No. We just we just played off the cuff, as such. But we had good players that have been there and done it. You know, yeah. the likes of Peter Aitken and people like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Who had played? Um, who was the best player you had at Bath? Okay. Uh, Too many in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Nobody really stands out. Nah, a lot of them stand out. It's just like you think, oh, he was good when I was there. And then a lot of players move through, don't they, as well? Yeah. So you don't you see some who were at the end of their career. People like Trevor Finnegan, yeah. maybe for me, yeah. great player. But he's probably in his mid thirties when he came. Yeah. You imagine what he could have been what he was like when he was in his twenties. So it is difficult to sort of see that because a lot we had a lot of ex city players, ex professionals, didn't we, coming through? Yeah, they were at the latter end, but still they still had that class. Mm. But you just think, I mean, what they like, you know? For instance, we had Paul Randall, you know, who when he calls he scored for Rovers, what a player, no, you know. Player. And then you know we've seen him, and he was still great at thirty three when he was at Bath. Yeah. But what he was like when he was twenty one, firing him in. He reminds me of another lovely story I had, which I've never told. Like I can't tell. This we're off layer now, aren't we? No. <laughs> <laughs> we're still going. <laughs> we're coming to the end. But yeah, we're going. Yeah. <laughs> tell us a story, Mike. I was, um, I was when I was younger, under forty. I was in Bristol Round Table, which is a very High-powered Masons? executive sort of, sort of. <laughs> yeah, raise money for lot, lots yeah. of money for yeah, charities and things like that. Work. Yeah. yeah, I was completely out of my depth in there, but I was in there. And um, my boss, who I was, was also high up. He was the chairman that year, and he was hosting a very prestigious event involving the top ten round tables in the whole of England coming together. A big notch up in yeah. thing at Ashton Court Country Club, and he booked a speaker for the occasion. Thousand pound, you know, these speakers yeah. charge some money, thousand quid, and at the last minute, the speaker cried off. And he said to me, I'm in trouble. He said, um, They've offered me some gymnast as a some yeah. Olympic gymnast in these places. I bet they were backwards to have them in. Uh, he, he said, Is <laughs> 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 there any idea of anybody who could come in and do it? And I looked in the paper, and Rovers were playing Southampton on the Saturday in the Cup tie. And so I, I picked up the phone and phoned Southampton, <laughs> as you do. And yeah. the secretary came on, said, Speak to Mr. McManamy, please. And she said, He's very busy. She said, can I help? And I said, well, I'm asking him if you'd like to do a speech on Friday night for us um, at this function that we're having in Bristol. I said, so you're playing the Rovers on Saturday, so you're going to be in Bristol on Friday night. And she said, well, when she came back, she said, no, no. She said, we're, we're, we're not getting into Bristol until half past nine. I said, that's too late. And she said, but Mr. McMenemy asked if there was a fee involved. <laughs> and I said um, yes then she said uh, oh so when she came back she said Mr McMenemy said how much is it <laughs> so I gave her the figure then she went away came back and said is it in Nelson's is that a pound note? No, I assume it was. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was rhyming slang with Nelson Eddy, Reddy's. Any denomination she wishes. And she came back, she said, uh, We're leaving Southampton at two o'clock on Friday. We'll be in. 
So he's done the talk. Can you can you pick him up at the hotel at such and such a time and get him back here? And I said, yes, yeah, certainly. So I picked him up and drove him up. He gave his speech. Very good, very funny. Yeah. He was a funny bloke, wasn't he? Yeah. And, uh, and he gave me the nod and I put him back in the car and drove him back and we outside talking. And he said, what do you know about the Rovers? And I said, well, I'm a big fan. Give him the info. Who they got? And I said, uh, Paul Randall. And he said, what does he do? I said, striker. He said, can he play? And I said, uh, he's very quick and a lethal finisher. He said, yeah, but can he play? And I said, he's very quick and he's a lethal finisher. <laughs> and he said, oh, he said, I've got a dozen of them on my books. And said goodnight, took his, I didn't count it, put it in his pocket and went. And of course, Rubens won, was it 3-1 the following mm -hmm. day? Randall scored sure. two or three of them. He could play then, can he? He could play. Fair <laughs> <laughs> yeah. play, Mike, good story. Roy, yeah, thanks very much for taking the time to come yeah. in and see us. Um, yeah, enjoyed that, Mike. Mike I mean, it's in. No, I enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you very much, gentlemen. Thank you very much. From Winging it with Painter and Rico. Mike, thank you very much indeed. Much appreciated. Yeah, thank cheers, you. Mike.